It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Medicine is getting me. Blog Talk Radio. How you doing, bro? 
Oh my God, I, I, I'm ten times better now. I realize we got no supervision. I'm happy <laughs> to be here, guys. Uh, my Hawks, we won and won. We we did what we came to do. We we stole home court, and and I'm on the I'm on the line with my man, Game Changer. What what more could I ask for? Hey, it's on the pocket. We got the playoffs going, and you got two hardcore to the bone NBA fans in the house. Uh, Tonight, all hosts and guests appear via the Frederick County Gateway. Frederick County, April 15th, just passed last week. Uh, still, no better time to get your, your finances in order. Check out our folks at Frederick County. Tell them the real sports guy sent you. They'll hook you up with a real nice deal. Make sure your finances are all uh, on point so the IRS don't come knocking. You know, there, there are uh, some things that, you just, that are undefeated. You know, Father Time is undefeated. As far as I'm concerned, the IRS <laughs> is undefeated. You go pay them taxes. <laughs> oh man! So we got a slamming show for you all planned tonight. Uh, we gonna jump right in. This portion of the show is called the intro to let you know. Uh, this is where we break down what we have lined up for tonight's show. Um, first off, in the funky editorial brought to you by On the Rocks in Rockford, Illinois. Make sure you hit up our man Craig Sockwell. Uh, great food, great people, great atmosphere on the rocks, Rockford, Illinois. Make sure you check them out. This edition of the Funky Editorial, we are going to talk about the NBA playoffs and really get into who has the most riding on a great playoff. You know, different teams have come into this with different expectations, um, you know, and legacies are built in the playoffs when it comes to you know, how we view players in a historical context, a lot of that is determined about around what they do during what I call winning season. This is winning season. This is where it really matters, um, how you perform, how you play, and winning these games means more, uh, in my opinion, than a lot of the uh, regular season numbers, stats, highlights, and accolades that players put up. It's about what you do. When the best of the best are only left, you don't get to go against, you know, the, the bottom feeders, the, the top-tier lottery teams. You don't get to go against those squads in the playoffs, just the real dogs. And, you know, who are the big dogs are the real dogs, you know. This, this is the time we separate the white gold from the platinum. So <laughs> we're going to get into that. Um, we're going to talk about players, coaches, teams. We're going to get into all of that during the funky editorial. Um, then we have a little a little, a little – exercise that me and Justin are going to get into, and we're going to give you our top three players, our best in the league, our top three players at each position, each of the five positions. We're not going to be like the NBA on miss the center position. Um, each of the five positions, center, power forward, small forward, shooting guard, point guard, we're going to give you our top three players at each spot. We'll hit you with the dog of the week, drop a DJ slick mix on you. Um, then we're going to talk about the NFL draft as we close out the show. Um, the NFL is, one, they delayed it. Uh, and then, two, we're going to talk about some of the prospects, just how we feel about the delay in the draft, some of the prospects that are out there. And then we'll hit you off with the XL Academics last word. So we got a lot to get into, my man. Uh, you know, I think if the fellas were here, they just act that we kept it clean. I think we can agree to do that. Um, this is kind of like a no-holds barred. <laughs> this, might, this might get a little ugly. The <laughs> listeners might be in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is like this is gonna be, this might wind up turning into a death match, man. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, though. Let's go ahead and jump right in. 
Fellas, only one thing we need to say. Shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, say it. Everybody want to get funky one more time. Again, this edition of the Funky Editorial is brought to you by On the Rocks and Rock for Illinois. You are listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. All guests and hosts appear via the Fredericks Gateway, uh, Fredericks County Gateway. Let's get into this Funky Editorial. Justin, the question's on the table. Who, you can, and you can go anywhere. I'm leaving this wide open. Who in this year's playoffs has the most riding on it when you think about their legacy? I will tell you this. First and foremost, thanks again for having me, guys. I really appreciate the the, the warm welcome you guys always uh, uh, place in front of me, the platform you put me on. One-on-one, I couldn't ask for anything better than this. So, one, shout-out to the real sports guys. Shout-out to the game changer for putting me on and allowing me this opportunity to to go head-to-head with the one and only game changer. But, uh, you know, to dive into the question at hand, I got to go with Kevin Durant. You know, he's made it a point over the past two, three seasons to say, I'm tired of being second. LeBron is on my last nerves. Yeah, I work out with him every summer, but this kid is on my last nerves. That's why I work out with him. I want to learn his work ethic. I want to learn his, his low post moves. I want to learn his his ability to to weed out, you know, what makes sense and what does not. I want to learn how to block out the negative media. All those things that come with being a superstar in this league, I think that Kevin Durant has the most to prove because – you know what? If he doesn't overcome LeBron this year, guess what? We're going to be talking about him for years to come, like we talked about LeBron three years ago prior to him, you know, making the move he made to go to the Miami Heat. So without a doubt, I have to say that Kevin Durant is the most uh, – he's the, the, the player on watch this, this 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 postseason, and if he doesn't contribute, and he, if they don't win the championship, it's going to be on his shoulders and his shoulders alone. Albeit Russell Westbrook is is an equal component to that squad, but he's not going to come under the fire like Kevin Durant, i.e. Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. So my money is on Kevin Durant being having the most to lose in this playoffs. If they win, great for him. But I don't see it coming, and he's going to be the player that we're going to watch for the next 10 years, and we're going to question, is he Carl Malone? Is he Charles Barkley? Is he Patrick Ewing? Is he that player that never won a ring because of Jordan? And are we going to say, like we said about all those great players, all those players on the dream team that I know the game changer loves, are they that good, or was Jordan just that good? And I believe that if Kevin Durant doesn't win this year, he better do it next year because if not, he's going to be in that same category because there's a lot of guys coming for that number one spot, and Kevin Durant doesn't want his time to pass him by. Okay. I, I, I can't agree with that nomination. Can't, I mean, I can't disagree with that nomination. I think everything you said is on point. He's in year seven. Um, this is about the time for every golden boy since Jordan. You know, post Mike, every guy who's kind of 
took an angle towards the throne has had to go through the gauntlet as they've gotten year seven, year eight, year nine. If you haven't won anything by that point, people start to give you the side eye. The media narrative starts to shift a little bit, and I, I agree with you. I see no reason that that doesn't happen for KD. I see no reason that that doesn't happen for Durant. You know, that, that the media will turn on you in a minute. Public perception will turn on you in a minute. Uh, the public is very fickle. And if he doesn't get close, if he doesn't win one, if he doesn't get over that hump within the next two years, I think you're right on. Um, one, he may not ever get one. And then, two, people are going to start to talk about him in a very different light. He's going to get labeled with that he can't win the big one stigma, um, which is hard to shake because the only thing that will shake it at this point is winning the title. You know, and even someone as great as Peyton Manning, it's a different game, different sport, but even someone as great, great as Peyton Manning has had a hard time given everything he does during the regular season, shaking that label of this isn't a guy who can necessarily – you can bet on, you can bank on to win the big one, even though he's won one. So even if you win one, it's still very difficult to shake that stigma that you're a numbers guy, you know, and you don't ever want to be just a numbers guy. You know, if you're going to be in that little room that we always talk about on Little Sports Guys where the great of the great get in, you have to have multiple championships, and you can't just be a numbers dude. You can't be a numbers guy because there are a lot of numbers guys in the history of the league. You know, there are a lot of superstar players that have come through the NBA that have put up amazing numbers, but not a lot of them are champions. And I think you were spot on when you talked about KD don't want to be in there with with, uh, Melo, AI, and Charles Barkley, huh? No, (laughs) he don't want to be in that room with Dominique and them cats. (laughs) (laughs) You know, with the Bernard Kings, the Dominique guys who are great scorers, they'll got no rings. You know, they don't got no rings. You know, I don't know if you've seen the new Damon Lillard commercial. This is one of my, this is one of the funniest commercials I've seen in a long time. It's an Adidas commercial, and uh, Lillard sits down, and he's talking to somebody on the phone, and he's like, yeah, you know, I just went and picked up the new Adidas, you know, trying to keep my game right. I don't want to wind up like, you know, one of those guys who finishes their career without a ring, and he's sitting next to LaDamian Thomas and Barry <laughs> and they both look at him. And he's like, no, no, fellas, I didn't mean you guys. I mean, you know, like basketball players. And then the camera pans over, Chris Weber sitting in the chair. <laughs> and then he's like, no, not you, Chris. You know what I mean? Like one of those legends that got to the finals over and over and over. And then, you know, this patio door opens up and Carl Malone is standing there with a plate of burgers. Like, burgers are ready. <laughs> you don't want to be in that crib. <laughs> I- I'll tell you this much. I have Portland beating Houston in the first round of the playoffs, but I don't have Portland winning the championship any time this decade unless they add another piece and keep LaMarcus all yeah. as 2015. I know that's off the subject, but it, your comments triggered me to to, to chime in. Well, let's, let's talk about that, that particular series for a second, Houston and, 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 uh, and Portland, because I'm going to throw a name out there, and that name is Dwight Howard. Um, this is a guy that I think has – I don't know if he has as much as Kevin Durant because I think he laid out Durant perfect. And I think if anybody has has a whole, the most, it may be Durant. Um, but I think Howard has a lot riding on this when you start to think about where he fits um, as far as talking about great centers, great players in this era. 
you know, right now his team basically lost the last game because of him. Um, they had Portland down 10. Portland went to the hack-a-shack method where he just fouled Howard every chance they got with about five minutes left. And because he missed free throws and defensively they gave up buckets, they got back in the game. And, you know, people have mixed feelings about the whole hack-a-shack kind of technique where you foul a guy who can't shoot free throws. This is my as – as a coach, I have no issues with it. I have none at all. These guys are professional what? players. None. Dwight Howard is a professional. He gets paid upwards to $16, 17000000 million a year. Learn how to make free throws. The kids I coach, I expect them to make free throws. All right? I don't care how big you are. I don't care what else you do on the court. It's a free shot. <laughs> All right? So if you're telling me you have an issue with the other team giving one of your players free shots, <laughs> then you need to be mad at your player. Because if they give your guy an open 14-footer, he needs to make it. And if he makes it, they stop doing it. That's the thing about me with that strategy. Is if you're making the free throws, they're going to stop doing it. They only do it because you miss. <laughs> and if you miss, it's your fault because nobody's guarding you. There's not a hand up. There's nothing going on but you in the rim. So I don't have a problem with it because I think it's just like any other weakness. If he couldn't dribble, you try to make him dribble. If he can't pass, you try to make him pass. It's a weakness. <laughs> you try to exploit the weaknesses. If you don't want people exploiting you like that, hit free throws. It'll go away. That's the best way to make it go away. I hate that they made a rule to prevent coaches from doing it because I think it allows guys who are obviously not as talented to be able to be out on the court when, in reality, they should. They're a liability. And in the, in the fourth quarter games, he's a liability simply because you can foul him, and it's a 50-50 proposition whether you're going to come away with any points on that particular possession. And, and again, these are pros. These aren't high school kids. These aren't, you know, literally tri-county kids. You know, this is the this is the big show. And you got to get paid a lot of money. You got to be able to hit an open fifteen footer. It's right there. It only the line has not moved. It's not gonna move. There's nobody guarding you. Knock down the shots, and people leave you alone. So that, that so with Dwight Howard, that's my thing is that he has to prove that as a quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, franchise player. He has to be able to deliver and push your team back to the finals and win a championship. I think he's already kind of gone through that gauntlet of people. The, the narrative on him has already shifted. People are already kind of soured on him. I was always kind of sour on him, even before the, the, the general public kind of went that way, just because I saw a great athlete. I didn't see a great basketball player. Um, I saw a guy who was bigger, stronger, faster than basically everybody he went against and play within a two-foot radius under the rim, and it's easy to dunk the ball when you're that big and you can jump that high. But show me a drop step, show me a, a post move, show me an upper-under, you know, show me some footwork. You know, it wasn't where it needed to be for me to consider him a great pro. And that's where I've always been with Dwight. So Dwight's a guy who I would throw into that conversation as somebody, in my opinion, who has a lot to prove. You know, Houston was this good last year without him. Um and he cost them a game last night. He cost them game one. They were up, and because he was on the floor, things started to unravel a little bit because the other team was able to take advantage of one of his weaknesses. Now, you seem like you have a different perspective on the whole Hackershack deal. Well, wow. What are your thoughts on it? Wow. Well, I'll first off, I'll tell you that 
over the course of the last three years, three seasons, you 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 brought me up to speed uh, with with your Dwight Howard analysis. And while I'll never <laughs> yeah. fully commit to giving in, you're starting to look smarter and smarter by the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you some time. I'll give you some time. You come around. DH12. I will admit he's not who I thought he was. That 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 twenty and fifteen Orlando guy is not who he, he is today. That 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 twenty and twelve guy who he was in Orlando. I mean, I'm sorry, seventeen and twelve guy he was in Los Angeles with the back injury is not who he is today. While I like Dwight as a center, top five center in the game. A year ago today, I had him at number one. Right now, I have him at number four. That's all due to production this year. But I'm going to digress, and I'm not going to blame Dwight. I'm going. I'm going to blame two other individuals who, to me, has the the the, the vice grip, and pardon my French, RSG on on Dwight's nuts, and that's Kevin McHale. <laughs> that, that that's Kevin McHale one. Who's a nomad out there? He's like a man without a country. He doesn't know if he's a Celtics fan, a Rockets coach, a NBA game time analyst. He doesn't know where he is right now, and he's trying to cater. Now he know where he is. He's an undercover Celtics operative. <laughs> he was trying uh, to make trades with the Celtics all the time. Agreed, but we can't talk about Dumb that here because we have no factual proof to back it up. That's true. But, That's true. That's true. You, you know, you know, like I said the uh, last week about Paul George, I had some factual proof to back it up. That's why it's okay. We can't do that to Kevin McHale. We can't sell him out like that because we are the official real sports guys of, of, of the United States of America and hopefully across the world. However, Kevin McHale sold Dwight a dream, and that dream is not being fulfilled because James Harden is shooting 28 shots a game. And that shouldn't happen. When you have an effective, low-post presence, top five, arguably the best center in the game, you don't allow James Harden to shoot 28 shots a game only making eight shots, especially in a game that counts, like the playoffs, when you got your other counterparts and other two guards like Mr. Iso Joe Joe Johnson for the New Jersey, <laughs> I apologize, the Brooklyn Nets scoring 28 points a game, leading his team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. James Harden can't shoot you out of that game. You have to run your offense through Dwight for Dwight to be effective. You can't expect Dwight to get every offensive rebound when the other team is scheming against him. And I feel like that's what Houston's been doing all year. I think Houston's going to lose to Portland because I like Damian Lillard over James Harden, and I like LaMarcus Aldridge over Dwight Howard, not not based on individual matchups, but well, based on scheme, based on coaching, based on athleticism, and based on all the parts that go along with it. And I think that Dwight Howard, he's going to short end of the stick, but he asked for it because he chose to go to Houston. I think Houston will never win a championship with those two as their anchors because I don't think they fit well together. I think they're both two selfish guys who want to be that guy, and I, I just can't believe in them. And you have finally convinced me that DH12 is not who he thinks he is 
because he didn't have the heart to stick it out in L.A. and make L.A. a championship team. He ran to, 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 in hopes to have James Harden rescue him, and he realized James Harden's probably not who we think he is. James Harden has yeah. him in Onyx. James James Harden has him in Onyx every other night. Probably spending half his ch- half his game check. <laughs> I've been to Onyx. It's a great place to be. I can't get you wrong. <laughs> but I I, I don't Shout think that, that that is the good fit, and I don't think they'll ever win a championship in Houston. Matter of fact, I don't think they'll get out of the first round this year. Hmm. Well, whether they get out of the first round or not, I think is still in question. I think yeah, I think. It's just as good a chance. There's no reason that Portland shouldn't beat them. Both teams had the same regular season record. I think you laid it out pretty sim- pretty simply um, and quite flat. That they, they're, There's some matchups that definitely fall in uh, Portland's favor. Um, I think you have some good points about Harden um, and, and the system that they run out in Houston and how that may not necessarily be ideal for Dwight. Um, you know, Dwight, I mean, he's got to get a lot of touches. And Houston, they run that – they they run that uh, you know that sabermetrics analytics style kind of offense, which is great. Uh, it's smart, but it's not conducive to post play. It's just not. It's not a good fit for post play. You know, basically post play is is you know kind of a throw in. It's a secondary. It's a secondary option in that style of play. And you know, with a guy like Dwight Howard, um, you know, if you're gonna give him a chance to be what he possibly could be, what he potentially could be. Um, I think you have to give him the ball. He's got he's like a, he's like a big running back. You know, we always talk about how centers in basket in basketball like running backs in football. Um, you you got to get the ball 25, 30 touches a night. You know, on the block. Those are on the block touches, not screen and roll touches. Those are on the block, my back to the basket touches. You know. And Dwight's coming out this week. I see, I'm seeing headlines that he's talking about. I got to demand the ball more, you know, just things like that. I think you're right. I don't see a championship happening for those two guys. I think they'll go down as two great players of this era, but I think they'll walk away ringless for sure. Um, I think it's just too thick at the top, and I don't think they can crack through with just those two. They'll have to add another very significant piece, not just a, a decent piece, because Chandler Parsons is a good player. You know, Terrence Jones, I think, is a good young player. Um, Beverly's a good role player, but they have to add a significant piece. Like they have two B pluses to A players, and I think whoa, they got to get whoa, a whoa, solid whoa, whoa. A. Can I can I chime in? Can yeah. I chime in? Did you Absolutely. just call James Harden a B plus? Uh, yes, yes, and he's been downgraded. Wow. And because defensively wow. he just doesn't. I'm a defensive guy. I'm a defensive guy wow. through and through. I made my living playing D. Yeah, and you, I mean you you see, you see the clips. The boy don't play deep. Who, who, I mean, who's our uh, who's our IT guy? Can I get him to run some tape from past past shows? That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I listen, I'm always calling James Harden the big club guy. <laughs> I, I, I can all all I can do is go by what guys give me, right? That's all I can do is go by what guys give me. And OKC, he played a little bit more defense. He and had to. He if he didn't. Right. So these these last couple of years he's gotten comfortable, and we all know comfortable. You know, when you once you get comfortable, you stop doing the little things. The little <laughs> things go by the wayside. You know, can't get too comfortable. And James is a little comfortable right now. You know, he's a little comfortable. He's cool. He's dropping his twenty six a night, but he has to. His defense is noticeably poor. It's not even arguably like I couldn't even make a case 
for him being a good defender. I could I could I can't stretch that nah. He's a bad defensive player and if you're a bad defensive player there's no way you can be a full out A in my book. You know, if you got uh, A is a guy who has at worst he's average at everything and great at a lot of things. That's an A in my book. You can't be below average at anything and be an A in my book. That's Agreed. that's how I that's that's how I that's how I grade guys out. So that's one thing. Another another crew of guys who I want to get your perspective on who might have a lot riding on this particular playoff. Um, the, the Los Angeles Clippers. You got Chris Paul, you got Blake Griffin, um, two very very visible stars. Now Blake has stepped his game up tremendously. You know Blake has just been a guy who I haven't been very um, high on in in the past, just because there were some holes in his game. And, again, for me, that's what it's all about. I don't care about the personalities and, and all that kind of stuff. For me, it's about what do you actually got in your game. When I look at your game and I break you down, again, as a defensive guy, if I'm trying to figure out how to stop you and, I'm think, and you know, I got to go through about five or six options before I feel like I'm comfortable, then you're a good player. You're a good player. If I got to go through about five or six things that you can do really well, then I'm just like, man, okay, I, I don't know what to do with this dude. <laughs> can't force him left. You know, can't, can't give him the jump shot. You know, can't back off. You know, can't play him too tight because he'll go by me. You know what I mean? Can't can't body him. Can't get physical with him. You know, he'll take me on the block. And when you start working through a guy like that, then that's a good offensive player. But when you can pinpoint within two or three chess moves what a guy can't do and his weaknesses, then you got him. Because now you got a game plan. You got something that you can force him into. Blake has really worked on some of his weaknesses. You know, the free throw shooting, he's close to 70%. That's a Big jump for a guy who historically has been a very poor free throw shooter. That not only shows you kind of where his mind frame is around his own game, but also he he understands what it where he needs to grow in order for his team to win. You know, and again, that's where I, I kind of get a little I kind of give Dwight the side eyes. Like you can't you can't just rely on being big and burly all the time, man. You develop your game, develop your skill set. You know. So Blake has done that. CP3 has always been, you know, a guy who I've always felt like was just one of the great point guards of this generation, um, if not the greatest point guard of this generation. There's some people who will argue Steve Nash. I'm not in that camp. Um, I'm firmly not in that camp. <laughs> but I, I, Steve, uh, Steve Nash is not uh, the top point guard of the last 10, 12 years in, in my book. It, it would easily be Chris Paul. Um but Chris has oh, got to wow. get a title at some point. You know, or else he's going to wind up in that little room with those great superstars who had great numbers, great moments, great seasons, great careers, but did not climb the mountain. And, you know, again, LeBron might put a lot of people out in the cold. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I got a lot to say about that. Because, you know, uh, on first thought, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm a I'm a basketball aficionado. I've been studying this sport since I came out the womb in 1980. Oh yeah, this is proven. This is proven. You're 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 certified. You're verified. So you know, I love Chris Paul, and I'll I'll tell you that earlier this week, I think it was Monday. I think no, it was last week Friday. ESPN first take debated CP3's legacy. Are you familiar with it? Yep, yep. 
and 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 Skip called him CP zero, which zero. I agree with Stephen A. I thought it was blasphemous. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I looked at the numbers. And I'm like, Whoa. yeah. Yeah, as the old thing goes, your numbers look crooked <laughs> like King Kong shook it. <laughs> they gave my man Mello a hard time before he yep, went to yep. New York. And yeah. Mello didn't really have any supporting cast other than the year he had AI and Chauncey Billups, and they won 50-plus games. They just lost to a better right. San Antonio team. Right. And so Which happened to a lot of people in the West. Which pretty much happens to everybody in the West. At some point, you lose to a better San Antonio team because they've been good for like seventy years. <laughs> so, so I, I take that and say, okay, how do I really judge these these players fairly? You can't judge them on championships. But Chris Paul, he's been up there for a long time. Houston, right? I, I'm not Houston. New Orleans, where he was previous to Eric Gordon and that whole crew, he never got him out of anywhere. Yeah. He made some crucial mistakes the night before last on Sunday yes. night. On, yes. on Easter. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I, 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 you know, while I remember, you know, I, I believe one of the ESPN analysts brought it up and said that, you know, Magic Blue game, such and such against, you know, right. The, right. the Pistons and Isaiah threw that pass and Bird stole it. So great players choke. But I don't remember Mike choking. I don't remember, you know, great players that we call the best of the best choking. And Chris Paul did that. And, you know, I've I've been teeter-tottering all year long. RSG is a witness. Y'all can play the taste back. I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. (laughs) I don't know Chris Paul's the best point guard in the NBA. I really mm. think Russell Westbrook, mm. if I had to start a franchise right now today and I needed a point uh-huh. guard, I'm probably picking uh-huh. Russell Westbrook. I promise you Interesting. I am. Interesting. Interesting. I promise you I'm picking Russell Westbrook as my starting point guard to run my franchise moving forward. And that's after two knee surgeries in a year. Okay. <laughs> Derrick okay. Rose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I, I can't. I can't quite go that far. What I will say is that CP3 is at that point where he's done everything he can do as far as regular season stuff. It's time to put a ring on. You know, as Beyonce said, you got to put a ring on it. You got to <laughs> put a ring on it. Otherwise, because I mean, you can't. He can't further his legacy anymore. There's nothing. I mean. Ten, ten assists a game, led the league in assists, led the league in steals, you know, 20 points a game, 20 and 10 as a guard. He's done all of those things. He's done all of that. You know, been at the top of the point guard ladder for the last five or six years. The next thing is you got to win one. That's Let, the me next thing. Or he's just, Let me ask you this. He's just going to sit at the, top of the, at the top of the ladder. Go ahead. Are you taking Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook if you need a point guard right now? If I need a point guard, I'm taking Chris right Paul. Right now, today. Really? Right now, today, yeah. And and, I, and I'll explain. It is, I'm not, there's not a, that's not a knock on Russell. It's just I think from a, from a perspective of putting a team together, it's easier to find guys who can play with Chris Paul than find guys who can play with Russell. Russell is a very dynamic um, personality, very dynamic player, and – you got to get the right pieces. You got to get 
the right pieces around Russell. Where I think with CP3, you can have a, you can you can have more configurations around him and be successful. You know, he's won with a lot of different looking kind of teams. Has he won big? No, but he's gotten a lot of different looking kind of teams to the playoffs. Um, I think with Russ, there are specific types of guys you got to put around him, and I don't know if you're gonna always be able to acquire those kind of guys. Russ is still a phenomenal talent. I was, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. I, you know, I, you, I, I, I believe you can make an argument for Russell Westbrook as the best point guard in the league easily, right? I'm not saying. Well, that I am the one that, that chose Kevin Love as the best number five pick overall over D Wade, which seems to to be more true and true day day to day. So, I am a visionary in in, in this here sport called the NBA. But I still know. don't know about that. But <laughs> I still don't know about that. But. D-Wade today, yeah, I take Kevin Love over D-Wade today because D-Wade today ain't going to give you but a half a season. But D-Wade, D-Wade, like, you know, four, five, six years ago, D-Wade, I'm thinking that cat. And Kevin Love he will be consistent for 20 years probably. <laughs> maybe. You're right. Maybe. Kevin Love has a very different game. He has a very different game. Um, but I, I, I could, I'm not going to knock you for taking Westbrook. I think it's 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 a it's a more of a taste of of what you're looking for rather than necessarily a clear cut better than one or the other. I think with CP3, again, there's a there's a you can configure your team in a lot of different ways. I think with Russ, you got to be a little bit more specific about who you put around him. But I think you're gonna have two teams that are gonna be very successful. I agree with that. Yeah. So that's that's one crew because you know. It, then the other crew that I think we got to look at when we're talking about this particular this year, this playoff, is the Indiana Pacers. Um, I think this crew, you know, we were all going back and forth on Twitter, me, you, and D. Wills. I wasn't ready to panic after that first game um, because I've seen that before. I've seen teams just kind of lay an egg in the first game of a series and then come back. You know, the other team got the road win, so they're already good. Because that's all you, all you really want to do is get a split. You know, if you get one and it happens to be the first one, then you're good if you're the road team. You, we got it. Do what y'all want to do this game, whatever. You, I've seen that happen so many times. So I wasn't so worried about the Pacers right now. It'll be game three. You know, as I said on Twitter, it's not the fact that you got punched in the mouth. It's how you respond to getting punched in the mouth. You know, that's the real test of a G. You know, how you respond to that punch, because everybody gets punched in the mouth every now and now and again. You know, you can't call yourself trying to do something, trying to push the envelope, trying to make something happen in your life if you haven't gotten punched in the mouth once or twice, whether you made a bad investment, you put down a bad bet on something, you trusted the wrong cat, or whatever. Everybody took a hit. Everybody took an L. If you're trying to push the envelope and progress your game, it's how you respond to that that really is the test of who you are. And really speaks to whether you're a true G or not. And with the Pacers, you know, tonight they came back and they had a good game. But this, it, that, this game isn't the game, game that's going to tell anything because, again, it, it, the game two, the, if the road team won the first one, they good. You know, they comfortable. They sitting fat and pretty. You know, they got the itis. They ate well. They ate good in the first game. You know, they sleepy. You know, like you said, they on that night quill like you was on last week. You said – that's what that's, that's what the Hawks was on tonight. Game three is going to be the test. Game three is going to be the test. If the Hawks put it on them in game three, then it's an issue for Indiana. And if Indiana 
struggles in this series, not even if they struggle, they are struggling in this series, and they're going to continue to struggle in this series. And what this series says is, y'all ain't ready. You know, I'm a high school coach. You know, I come from a, a, a pretty good high school basketball program in Madison, in Wisconsin, and, you know, it got to a point in our program we go into games with the psychological advantage. We knew we were going to win, right, because we had the history, we had the tradition, we had the name on the front of the jersey that everybody just you look out for that name. We're playing against a team. We're, we're a two-seed in the tournament, in our state tournament. You know, we seed our state tournament. We're a two-seed playing against a seven. And, you know, my coach, he, he gave us a speech after the seed meeting or whatever, and he came in and said, we didn't get the one seed, so-and-so got the one seed. He said, at the end of the day, if we can't beat school X, we ain't winning the state championship, so it don't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. It's one of those situations True. where if you're worried about this team, the championship ain't on your radar. And that's where this group is at. If they're having this much trouble with the Atlanta Hawks and a sub-500 AC, y'all can't win no championship. Let me y'all chime in and These say you're not going to supposed to be. Let me chime in and say you're not going to talk about my Atlanta Hawks like that. <laughs> as, if, as if we weren't the number three seed in the East prior to the All-Star break, you know, prior to our best player, right. Al Horford, carrying his pectoral muscle. So yeah, you're right. You were. You were. You absolutely were. But y'all don't have Al Horford. <laughs> Al Horford's that, not that walking through saying, that door. You can't hold us accountable for that. Like no, but I'm saying no, that's who they are right Hawks now. Are not as bad as you're making them out to to be. Without Al Horford, I think they, they showed that game one. Without Al Horford, I think, they, I, I think they're a very difficult team without Horford. Without Al Horford, then they're, they're sub 500 team. You're right. They were the three seed until Horford got hurt. When Horford got hurt, stuff went in the tank. It's just not a good. It's just not as good without your best player. And that's what they still don't have no, their best no player. Team, if Horford was out there and they were doing this, if you take LeBron if out off there, Miami, if you take LeBron tough. off Miami, they're trash. If you right, take, and the, and then the Pacers shouldn't have a trouble beating them. That's all I'm saying. Is you you're playing a team without their best player. You shouldn't have an issue with. You shouldn't have this much trouble with a team that's playing without their best player. But, but that's you, all I'm saying. I'm not trying to. I don't want to come off as a piss in the hog. You of all people know the game is about matchups, and if you did your, your homework, if you did your homework and your research, which I know you did, you'll realize. Yeah. We beat the Hawks have beat Indiana more than they beat yeah. us over the past two years. Like. Right. We 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 have matchup problems for them. We stretch that that five position to the three point line. Well, Al going out, Perro Antic coming in, Hibbert is a non factor against us. He shot right. one for six in the first half tonight. You know, like right. Indiana, they can't adjust to what other teams do. We've got five three point shooters. Right. And and T can get to the hole on anybody. I, I, I told you guys last week, he, he as far as quickness is concerned, he's a top five point guard in the league. He's not a top five overall. And that has, that has held true. That has held true so I far. You've you, spot on I, with that assessment. I said, I said to you, we won't win the series, but if Teague is aggressive and effective, we, we, we'll cause some damage. And guess what happened game one? Teague had a career high 28 points, shot 60% from the field, and all I did was sit back and say, I told you so. RG. I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. No doubt. 
No doubt. Again, I'm not I'm not knocking the Hawks as much as I'm saying as a one seed. That's the other thing. This is a one versus an eight. Yes, there's bad matchups, but this is a seven-game series. You know what I'm saying? This isn't the NCAA tournament where one-game matchups could kill you, and that could be it. This is a seven-game series, and this is they are supposed to be the better conglomerate of players, the better team overall, top to bottom. They need to figure out how to beat an AC, even if the AC is a bad matchup. Because you're going to have bad matchups against good teams. You're going to have matchups against not, – not, again, I'm not, making, I'm not meaning good teams as the Hawks are bad, but higher seeds. You're going to have bad matchups <laughs> against Miami. You're going to have bad matchups against Brooklyn. You're going to have bad matchups against the Raptors. There's going to be bad matchups for you in that game, in those games too. You've got to adjust if you're the one. If you're the one seed, you've got to adjust. And so what, what that says with this group is that they may not be able to weather all storms. And in order to be a championship squad, you got to be able to weather all storms. You got to be able to take on all challengers because it may not fall your way where you're gonna get the right matchups every series. You got to be able to not, knock some of those and, out. And that's what I fear for San Antonio. I think they're the best team in the league this year, but I don't think they can beat OKC. And I think I touched on mm. this on Tuesday. Yeah. I also touched yeah. on how how at the time Memphis is an eight seed could have beaten San Antonio as a one seed. Now that Memphis is a seven seed playing OKC, look at it. It's 1-1. They stole home court advantage. Yeah. I, I You know, a and, lot and that Memphis team is tough. That Memphis team is tough. Man, I tried to tell you last week, you know, I, I believed in teams one, two, and three, and what did I say? One, two, three, and Memphis, eight. Memphis? Yeah. Memphis. That was what Memphis was They moved up to anybody. the Anybody. But they're a 50-win team. I think that's the thing that people forget. They won 50 games. They won 50 games. But you know what? You you say they won 50 games as as if that's an anomaly. When when AI first went to Denver, guess what? They won 53 games. And everybody said because they lost in the first round, AI and Melo weren't who you thought they were. But yet, guess what? They won 53 games. The year after, they won 51 games, and everybody still said AI and Melo never worked. But yet, they're in a daunting Western Conference, and they won 50 games the two years they played two full seasons together. I know it's off subject. It has no merit, no point. Nobody yeah, cares. Talk about the Melo, about the perception of Melo AI Nuggets. <laughs> Nobody gives those guys credit, but they won 50-plus games. And I think 50-plus wins in the NBA is something that should be recognized no matter the franchise and no matter the guys who got you there. When we do our list where we pick kind of our favorite sports teams of all time, and, again, they just have to be teams that we liked. They don't have to have won championships. I just A team you just liked watching play a whole lot, we got to get you in on that show because I think you're going to bring up the AI uh, Mellow Nuggets, which was a very entertaining group of dudes. It was a very entertaining team. It was extremely it was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it was a very entertaining group. Very entertaining group. So, you know, but back to the Pacers. You know, I think <laughs> if, if, if this series don't work out, I think you got to you might have to really look at. I don't think you blow it up, but you have to make some significant adjustments to what you're trying to do. Because your model isn't bulletproof, 
You know what I mean? It's not um, – because, again, if you run into a, a matchup, bad matchups against a team without their best player, if Al Horford is playing and you got matchup problems, then I'm going to tell you you got matchup problems because of Al Horford. When you got matchup problems because of Peril Antich, then you got roster problems. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. You know, because Antich is good, and he ain't Al Horford. <laughs> He's good, but he ain't Al Horford. Yeah, I'm not hating. I hate no peril at all, but he ain't Al Horford. Just to, just to give the the viewers some knowledge tonight, I'm going to step aside from my RSG typical, you know, cause drama and argue with, with, the, with the host and whatnot. I just want the viewers to know, Peril Antich is from Macedonia. Macedonia is like the smallest country in the Middle East. And they have to fight for everything, whether it's their bread, their water, their food. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know if anybody saw game one when David West walked up on payroll and payroll looked down on David West and told him, I dare you. And, and right, guess what? Right. That was Macedonian of him. I, I'm, I'm going to make right. Macedonia an adjective tonight here on RSG. He <laughs> Macedonian. David West, <laughs> who's a tough guy in American sports, Macedonian, told David West, I dare you to try me. And David West backed down. And you got to respect Perro Antic after that. Yeah. Perro looks like a cat that a hate but you if you get too close. <laughs> you, you know, he's no like one of those You get nose to nose. You get nose to nose, and he just, bam, just, just come down on you with one. And you kind of like, come on, man! You, you just headbutt me, man. <laughs> you know, he got one of them heads that just look like he could, he could he could do some damage if if he caught you right. If he caught you right on the front of your frontal lobe, he could he could knock you out real real smooth. You real want smooth. no problems being three. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want no problems. So we're gonna take a real quick break, real quick, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna hit you off with our top three in the league at each position. Uh, first, let's pay a few bills, a little something like this. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at for your custom technology solutions today. All right, we're back. You're listening to The Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, brought to you by Resistance Digital, on the rocks in Rockford, Illinois, Fredericton County, and Excel Academics. Man, D. Wills has got so many sponsors <laughs> for us right now, man. He's putting in work, man, but that's a, that's a lot to say. But, no, we truly appreciate all of our sponsors they do a great job of, of, of putting us in a position to provide you guys with this, this great radio show um, that, that, that we do, uh, bringing our real perspectives, uh, what we call urban sports radio, uh, to the airwaves. 
Uh, they're allowing us to do do this and giving us a platform to keep this going and bring you all people like Justin Page, R.J. Page, Hammer, Hank the Hammer, Ray, you know, all of these guys. These are regular folks. These are regular folks that, you know, when when, it, when the game is on, these are the people you want to be watching the game with. These are the cats you want to come over because they're going to bring the color. They're going to bring the uh, the enthusiasm. They're going to bring the insight. Just that, that old school, new school, we got a great mix here. So, you know, we, uh, we thank you to all the sponsors. Again, Frederick's County, on the rocks in Rockford. Resistance is our man LR and uh, XL Academics. Thank you all for uh, continuing to support the real sports guys. Uh, make sure, listeners out there, you, you support those businesses that support us. Again, all of these businesses are, are uh, up-and-coming businesses that want to join with the RSC brand and really help us move forward and move forward together with us. So, uh, my man, Justin, I am really excited. I am excited to have this conversation with you. Top three of these positions. You got center, power forward, small forward, shooting guard, point guard. Top three players from the 2013-14 regular season. Not including the playoffs, just regular season. Who are your top three centers? Wow, I, I I hate that we only have forty eight minutes left. I'll be honest, because mm. I think yeah we we, we might write this whole, out based on our history. I feel like we can make a yeah. whole show based Agreed. on this topic. So, you know, I'll keep it short. I'll keep it sweet, and I'll give you a, a short nugget as to why I chose the way I chose. But, you know, most people. Would, would would be flabbergasted by my number one, but I think you may agree, only because you you have no respect for DH12. But my number <laughs> one center this year happened to have been awarded today, in case anybody out there didn't realize, Joakim Noah. He he led he was the uh, league's uh, uh, most valuable defensive player. Yep, defensive player. He was tied for for first in the league with uh, triple doubles with Lance Stevenson. What center do you know gets triple triple doubles uh, nowadays? And once Derrick Rose went out, he was the best player on the Bulls, and he led them to home court advantage in the first round playoff. When cats like Game Changer and PhD were saying they should tank and get a lottery pick, so I've got to go uh, Joakim Noah for the for the. Uh, first-team All-American center. I know we're not talking first-team All-American, but because he's the best center, i got to put him in there. Number okay. two, Number two. as much as I want to put Dwight Howard in there based on his numbers, he's got gaudy stats. We get it. But it, to me, it didn't translate to wins. And this player took a franchise who's never been to the, to, 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 to the playoffs and and – Achieved greatness this year until he had a torn uh, plantar fasciitis last night. I gotta go, Al Jefferson. He was the second best mm-hmm. center in the league this year, okay. arguably the first. Okay. He led Charlotte from never being to the playoffs in their seven years of existence to getting there this year, running the offense through him. In a league where point guards win games, not centers, and Al Jefferson won games as a center, so I could. Interchange Al Jefferson and Joakim Noah easily, one and two. 
I, 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 matter of fact, I want to change my position and say Joakim is 1A and Al Jefferson is 1B, but they're both up there on the pedestal. And number three, no, I got, you can't do that. You can't do that. Ours, you were finite. You gotta go one, two, three. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Right. I'm make going Noah because he won the Defensive Player of the Year award. I'm going Al okay. Jeff because he had the best uh, win percentage uh, year over year. He basically, I'm a corporate guy, man. We we base our our uh, uh, profits off of growth, and and Al okay. Jefferson grew the Charlotte Bobcats net worth more than anybody else. So I got him second and DeMarcus Cousins third. Uh, while he it didn't translate into wins and he gets a bad rep because of, because of his attitude, I think the stats that DeMarcus Cousins puts up are better than both of Joakim Noah and Al Jefferson, but it didn't translate into team success, which is why I have him third and Dwight Howard trailing at the fourth spot because he has James Harden to help him out. Just my All thoughts, right. ladies and okay. gentlemen. Just my thoughts. Okay. So you got so you got Dwight four, you got uh Boogie Cousins at three, you got Big Al at two and Joe Kim at one. Now at one and two, we're we're the same. Um this is a you hard choice for me going Yeah, I got Joe King first. I got Joe King oh. first, Big Al second. Wow. Um, yeah, big out 20 and 10, man. 20 and 10 is like dinosaurs, man. It's hard to find a 20 and 10 nowadays. Dude, there was more this year than there were last year. You know, so it's kind of making a little comeback. But 20 and 10 is rare. DeMarcus Cousins is 20 and 10. Oh, yeah. DeMarcus is 20 and 10. DeMarcus is 20 and 12. DeMarcus I'm getting to. Yeah, DeMarcus I'm about to get to. Because um, this is where it got rough for me. You know, being a defensive guy, I wanted to find a way to throw DeAndre Jordan into my top three. Given oh. he led the league almost 14 boards a game, two and a half blocks, just really solidify everything that Doc Rivers is trying to do defensively with the Clippers. Um, had a great defensive season, 10 points a game, averaged a double-double, really started to kind of fill out his potential, but then the free-throw shooting. You know, it's a liability. It's just, it just is. It just is for me. Um but he gives you everything else you want from a big man. It's just, again, at the end of the game, can I have you in or do I got to take you out because teams are going to fire you, you know? So that's that's the one situation. It, it was between him and DeMarcus, and I had to go with DeMarcus. Um, I had to go with DeMarcus because even – and the other thing was DeAndre's team had more success, but DeMarcus's franchise is just rudderless. <laughs> and it's not all his fault. <laughs> I mean, the Kings is going to be the Kings. They had that one little run during the C-Web, Slotty, Bibby era. But that's pretty. They, they've pretty much been a destitute franchise um, otherwise. Um, so DeMarcus is also my number three, but I have DeAndre Jordan at my number four ahead of Dwight Howard. And the reason I have wow. him ahead of Dwight Howard is because Dwight just didn't bring it to me defensively this year. I just didn't feel like he was the presence that he usually is defensively. Um, and in those outside of scoring, I mean, DeAndre bested him in pretty much every other category that you would care about for a big man. Dwight scored more points, you know, but you don't want DeAndre Jordan being your, giving you 17 because that's just not what he does. That's not, who, that's not what he's best at. He out-rebounded Dwight, out-blocked Dwight, better field goal percentage. 
I mean, those are the things that you care about and you're big. And he outdid Dwight in all those categories. Dwight did score more points. Um, but the center position has actually improved a ton, I think probably since we last had a center conversation. I mean, you got a young Andre Drummond coming up, you know, who is an up-and-comer, um, you know, this year. You had, you know, D. He was better than DeAndre Jordan. Andre Drummond? I don't know, man. I don't know. Drummond is more exciting. The highlight of the year was his 68% field goal percentage. But he he didn't shoot anything but dunks. Doc Rivers took away his freedom. The guy couldn't shoot anything past five feet. Man, he didn't take away his freedom. He freed that brother. <laughs> Doc freed that brother. Don't worry about it. Sometimes, sometimes limiting someone is giving them freedom. Because it's like, nah, man, I don't need you to be everything. I need you to be you. You know what you're good at? Dunking, rebounding, blocking shots. Do that all day. He freed that brother. <laughs> I don't need you to worry you about nothing going to translate into W's in the playoffs. Yes, you need a big who can. You need a big who can guard in the West, especially. You need that. You well, need a big who can board, especially so in the West. Golden State. You think they'll beat Golden State? Well, they beat Golden. They should beat Golden State. Yes, especially without Bogut. Again, Golden State's without you know they're big. I think they should beat Golden State. If they don't beat Golden State, I'd be disappointed. Okay. But my expectation is that the Clippers are going to beat Golden State. That's my expectation. If they don't, then that'd be disappointing. You know, something would something would have had to have gone wrong for them. They would either have to choke it away or uh, just play poorly. I mean, it happens. I mean, that's why you play the games. And I play it on paper, you know. Well, Chris Paul did like choke a away game a paper one. Tiger. Was that? Chris Paul did choke away game one. He did. He did. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, a lot of the national radio folks talked about that game, and they talked about in particular – how Golden State played poorly and still won. The Clippers played a pretty bad game. Blake, you only got Blake Griffin for 16 minutes or whatever they had him for. Um, he played poorly and did some dumb things in the game as far as picking up fouls and getting involved in some things that just weren't going to – when you're a star and when your team counts on you specifically for offensive production, you just can't get involved with the extracurricular stupid stuff that happens in a basketball game, especially a playoff game especially a playoff against a team that you know you don't like and they don't like you, you got to be more mentally tough than that. And Blake didn't exhibit that. And then CP3 had some serious – it took CP3 playing probably the worst stretch of basketball for the last three to four minutes of that game that I've ever seen him play for Golden State to eke out a win. It's not like Golden State banged him. They didn't blow him out. They barely won that game. And it is why Russell Westbrook, I'd probably rather have him. Russ, Russ makes some mistakes down the stretch, too, though. Russ has had some games. Nah. Like, Man, what, 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 you know what his mistake is? <laughs> he, he's shooting shots he normally makes. That's his mistake. He doesn't turn it over. He doesn't miss foul shots. He misses shots that he normally makes. That's the only knock right. you can have on him in in the clutch. And to right. me, hey, I'd rather hey, you hey. have the confidence to take it and miss it than to not have the confidence and shoot the foul shot and miss it or do anything less than that. But I, I, I mean, CP3 is a, what, an 87, 88% free throw shooter. So all the shots that he makes, he just missed them. He choked. He missed he them. He missed two in a row. He did. He did. He choked. He, he missed two them. in a row. You know, he turned the ball over. 
he did, yes, they fouled him. Yes, the dude fouled him. But you still got to hang on to the ball. Because, again, is the ref going to make the call? Who knows? It's the NBA. You got you to you take care of the ball. You got to handle your responsibility to take care of the ball. So, yeah, CP3 had, but Russell's had his moments too where, you know, at the end of the game, somebody else can touch the ball. <laughs> you know, Russell, Russell, Russell orchestrated too many zero-pass possessions. <laughs> oh, just no pass. I'll take Russell over CP3. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Like I said, I got no beef with that. I got no beef with that. But Like, like Kanye said about Kim, I'm a visionary. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to get into all of that. <laughs> but back to the center position. The center position is looking good in the league for once. You know, you got some young guys like uh, the, the kid from Toronto, Melance Eunice, who seems like he's going to be a solid player um, in the league in a couple of years. Derek Favors showed some promise this year. His own teammate, Enos Cantor, also seems like he's a solid up-and-coming young center. So the center position is going to improve. You got Marc Gasol, who is a great center. Um, you may consider power center. Um so there's, the center position is actually looking much better than it has the last couple of years with some young guys who are coming of age and have turned the corner a little bit. Let's talk about the power forward spot. Now, this is a much tougher position to predict the top three, in my, in my opinion. And I think there may be a little bit more variance between our, our list. I'm going to go first in this one. My, my, my top power forward in the league this season is Kevin Love. Um, other, than, <laughs> other than his defense, other than his defense and his shot blocking, the guy can do everything on the court. Rebounding, shooting from the perimeter, scoring around the basket. He's got it all. A great passer. His offensive skill set is as good as anybody's in the league as far as what you want from a power player, from a power forward. Defensively, he's serviceable. In the right, with the right pieces around him, he can be a solid defensive player. So I got Kevin Love as my number one, my number two, Anthony Davis. Um, and I don't think Kevin Love is going to hold this spot for another season. This may be his last year at this perch. But and with Davis, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Um, and then he's got to continue to keep growing that range. His range is improving. You know, he's starting to stretch his range out to the three. His D is amazing. Offensively, he's still got to continue to develop a, a, a little bit better of a back-to-the-basket game. Right now, he kind of gets gets guys with his quickness and his uh, his uh, his handle, his athletic ability on the perimeter. Once he gets that back to the basket game, he was 26, 27 points scoring this week. Um, easy. You know, this is a guy who could be a 26 and 12, three blocks a night, four or five assists kind of a player. Um, just an astronomical talent in his second season. Again, I was wrong. I was wrong on Davis. I got him as my number two power forward. My number three power forward, I got LaMarcus Aldridge. I got LaMarcus Aldridge, again, great skill set, great score. Um, defensively, he's serviceable, solid rebounder. Again, another 2010 guy, um, 20 and 11 this year. His rebounds went way up. You know, I think this is his first season in his career where he's been double his rebounds. Let me double-check real quick. But he hasn't historically been – he's been historically a good rebounder, but never a dominant rebounder. Um, and this season he kind of took his rebounding to a place where it hadn't been before. Um, just a great shooter, can do so much with the ball offensively. As, as he showed the other night against the uh, the Houston Rockets, where he just 
schooled um, whoever was guarding him, whoever attempted to guard his brother, he just put it on him, 80% free throw shooter. So uh, those are my top three. At a close four, I had Blake Griffin. Um, you know, highlight real dunker. Uh, rebounding came back. His rebounder had been on a two-year hiatus. He hadn't been bored. And if you're going to be a power forward on my list, you got to get ten. You got to give me ten boards. You got to give me ten boards. As you can see, my top three are all 2010 guys um, from that power forward spot. So, you know, 2010 guys in full effect on my list. Uh, so those are my guys. Who do you got, Justin? Wow. You know, I, I, I'm shocked at that list. I, I, I understand your list. I... I Empathize, and and the word empathy is not a a, a term of uh, softening you. It, it's more so. I understand you, but I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, it, it's hard. It's hard to comprehend. I understand where you're coming from, but you know what? I just disagree. My number okay. one well, who you power got? forward in the league had 46 points and 18 rebounds last night to knock off the the Houston Rockets out of home, home court contention. And I've got LaMarcus Aldridge as my number one power forward this year. No ifs, ands, okay. or buts about it. If you look at all the numbers, points per game, rebounds per game, wins, he's that guy. Damian Lillard does what he does because – Every team focuses their defense on LaMarcus Aldridge. So I've got him as my number one power forward in the game. And if I was Phil Jackson, forget Kevin Love. My focus is on getting LaMarcus Aldridge because he's a free agent in 2015, just like Kevin Love. And he hits the outside 12- to 18-foot jump shot at a much more consistent rate than Kevin Love. And I think that between Melo and Aldridge and potentially Rondo, that's a championship squad, whereas Melo, Kevin Love, not so much. Well, that's, so, that's almost the Celtics all over again. Yeah, <laughs> all, you need is a, all you need is a true. fake Ray. All you need is a fake Ray Allen. <laughs> and they could probably get it. They could probably get it, you know, if they cut yeah. some of them bogus contracts they got. So I got LaMarcus Aldridge one, Kevin Love two, as much as I wanted to 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 to, to put your guy at number three, I gotta go Tim Duncan. He's like he's like the big Aristotle. He's like Shaq. You know, he he's no longer a center. He's a power forward, but he's the best there is. You know, I feel bad leaving Zach Randolph off. I feel bad right. leaving Blake, even Blake Griffin. Like I I want to put him on there, but yeah, the power forward position is sick. It's probably the deepest position in the league. Which is an anomaly because it's never quite been that way. Yeah. And my thing is, yeah. my thing is, as great as these other power forwards are, give me another power forward you want shooting at 12 to 18 footer than LaMarcus Aldridge. I couldn't. I give couldn't. me another He's player in my top three. you want shooting a three like Kevin Love. Give me another player you, that has better fundamentals than Tim Duncan. I can't. I so can't. there's a reason why I picked those three. However, it could go so many different ways. But I, I like my three. I agree. And, you know, I like your three, too. I don't have no problem with your three. Again, I, I, think, I think there are probably, there's probably a pool of about seven guys 
for you six to seven guys who you could probably come up with three and nobody really have a problem with. You know, you could probably pick any three out of those seven guys and, and put them in any order, and you could make a strong case for that guy being either the best or the fourth best. You know, sure. I think it's just a deep position. It really is. It's just a deep position in the league, and there's a lot of quality at the top. So that's that's our top three power forwards. You're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. We in the house with Justin Page going through our top three players at each position. It's the NBA heavy show tonight. You got two NBA guys. It's the NBA playoff season. It's winning season in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So we talk. We we give you our opinions on on the season just finished. On uh, our top three players at each position. We're at the small forward spot right now. Um, this one is pretty. This was probably the easiest, and I think we probably are going to be in lockstep on this one. Um, I'll let you go, then I'll go. Well, yeah, you know. I know we only got 20 minutes left, so I'll say it real quick. How can you not go KD, LeBron, Melo? Should I say more? <laughs> KD, MVP, hey. he, he, he said it for the past two years. I'm tired of being second place. He made it a yeah. point this year to make sure he was not second place, and I, I, I commend him for his efforts. So i got to give KD number one. LeBron James, to me, is still the best player in the game. However, he didn't have the best year. Therefore, he's number two. And Money Melo, you know, first half of the year I had PG ahead of him. But as I so eloquently stated on, on last show, yep. when Paul and I followed Paul up, has a, and Paul, a lot of merit to what what GP put, uh, JP put out. All right, <laughs> Justin put out some facts. All right, I went and checked. Yeah. <laughs> we got our fact checkers on it, and you know the. The research crew, the research team got me back some intel, and sounds pretty sound. He's got some sound information right there. You know, he's got that Edward Snowden. He's not been the same guy since he's had, since he's had off-the-court issues. So the dates small match forward, up. <laughs> so small forward, I got a KD, LeBron, Melo. How about you, Game Changer? I'm actually, again, I'm actually the same. We probably should just say ours at the same time. Um, and, again, I want the listeners out there, uh, renegades, all right, don't bite our heads off. We do not think Kevin Durant is the player in the world at small forward, all right? We're not saying that he's, in the grand scheme of things, a better player than LeBron. Kevin Durant had the better season, people. I think Justin just laid that out. Kevin Durant had the better season. He's the MVP this year. You can't, you can't deny it. You know, 46 straight games with, you know, 30, 25-plus points. Ridiculous. 32 points a game, career-high in rebounds, career-high in assists, 50, 40, 90 percentages. Come on. Come on. So, you know, email me, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Twitter if you got a problem with it. But for the 2013-14 season, LeBron was the second-best small forward in the league. KD was one, and I got Melo three. You know, for all of the warts that the Knicks had, it was not on Melo. Melo probably had his best season from an efficiency perspective, from a rebounding perspective, which is what I've always been on Melo about. Melo should be a 20-10, and 10, a 25-10 and 10 type player. He got close to that this year. He really worked on the glass. I had no issues with the way Melo performed this season. 
Um, Melo is definitely, definitely, um, in my opinion, the third best uh, small forward in the league, which is, is nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, you third, you know, put you behind the two best players in the, league, in, in the world. My fourth, just finishing just outside, of course, Paul George um, is, is a guy I had coming in in the fourth spot. So that, you know, George got off to a great start. He got off to a high start. But, again, his, uh, his, his, uh, his demise is well documented, um, and it all matches up. So shout-out to uh, JP for putting us up on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the intel with our man Paul George. So we're going to keep it rolling. Uh, I'm going to jump in and give you guys, give you all out there my uh, small four, or my shooting guards. So my top three shooting guards in the NBA for the 2013-2014 season. I'm going to run through my shooting guards real quick. Top of the list, I got James Harden. You know, and, and people may fit that, you know, because of his defense, but James did his deal. He did the he did the thing. He did what he's supposed to do. You know, twenty six points a game. Um, you know, five to six assists, five to six rebounds. Great percentages from the floor. You know, efficient play. If you got issues with it, hit me up. Now, small forward, power forward are positions in the league that probably have a lot of strength. A lot of great players at those positions. Where there aren't a lot of great players are shooting guards. <laughs> so the shooting guard list was a little bit tougher to put together. Uh, my second best shooting guard in the league, I went with Clay Thompson. Um, Clay Thompson is developing as a great defender, uh, great shooter, obviously, 41% from the arc. Um, and he's a guy who, if I'm, get, if I'm starting a team, I want Clay Thompson on my roster floor spaced, knocked down big shots, great shooter. My third, I had to go with DeMar DeRozan, young cat, had a great year. Um, once they traded Rudy Gay, a uh, great driver. Uh, it's kind of like Corey Maggette 2.0, gets to the line six, eight to six, uh, eight times a game. Um, you know, those are, those are center free throw attempts. Those are big man free throw attempts. You're talking about attacking the rim like that. Uh, so he does his work around the basket. Still could shoot a better uh, percentage from the floor, but led Toronto to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Uh, highest win total for that team. So my top three shooting guards, I got James Harden, one. I got Clay Thompson, two. And I got DeMar DeRozan, three. At the fourth spot, I had Monte Ellis of the Dallas Mavericks coming in. Um, Monte had a great season, rejuvenated that Dallas squad, got them back into the playoffs. I called that, all right, I called that way back when that Monte was going to come in, he'd be a solid fit with Dirk, and they were going to ball out. He's going to be like Jason Terry, 2.3, you know what I'm saying, just a little bit of a more upgraded version of Jason Terry. So those are my shooting guards. Justin Page, what do you got for your shooting guards? Do you have any opinions on mine? You know I do. And I would hate to tell you that my number one is James, is Joe Johnson this year. Like, 
Oh, okay. Okay. His numbers don't compare to James. I'm shocked he, he's not on your top three. Like the game-winning shots that he's hit. He's clutch. He's role, clutch. The leadership role that he has consumed in Brooklyn. I, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's flabbergasting to me, Mr. Game Changer. Your lack of respect for Mr. Joe Johnson. So <laughs> I will tell you right now, this far, this 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 team was not even in the playoff hunt. And Joe Johnson had game winner after game winner. He led the team in scoring. Like this year in the playoffs, he leads the team in scoring, rebounds, points, I mean, uh, assists and steals. All four major categories. This guy leads the, the league, and they're saying – that they're the biggest threat to the Miami Heat. How could you not go with him over a guy like James Harden, who could shoot eight for twenty-eight, and and be a defensive liability that he is? Joe Johnson is a six-six two guard who can guard anybody on the court. One, two, three, four. Joe Johnson's guarding them, and he's proved that this year. And while his numbers aren't as gaudy as James Harden. He's had a better year than James Harden, and I feel like I'm an outcast on this show for my for my premise on Joe Johnson over James Harden. But a little you know bit. what? This would be a, <laughs> a little bit. You know, we can we can go out this forever. You know. Yeah, you're a little bit in left field on that one, but hey, it's your opinion. So this is this is your list. So keep it rolling. So got, you got Joe Johnson got, at number I, one. I got so with Kobe out. So that brings back to my point with Kobe out. I gotta go. I saw Joe at the number one two guard, James Harden two, and Demar Derozan three. I can't think of any okay. other two guards that are even worthy of the conversation. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I don't know about the ISO Joe. I like I, I like what Joe's done this year. Who's hit more game winners I, I, this year? You're right. Who? Game winners are great, right? Those are one shot though. <laughs> In one shot, he's Joe has been clutch. I get, if we were doing a clutch, he may not win the game. <laughs> he, he, swept, he swept the Miami Heat 4-0 this year in the regular season. I guarantee you Miami does not want to see them next round. It's true. It's true. I wouldn't want to see them next round. Um, I wouldn't want to deal with them. I, it's side note, side note, I thought it was real smart how they played that whole let's duck the bulls. <laughs> I smart. thought that was smart. Not that I think they were scared of the Bulls. I just think they realized if we play the Bulls, we'll beat them. But it's going to be seven games. It's going to be a, a grinded-out series, and we're going to come out. We're already old. We're going to come out beat up, and we're not going to be able to put our best foot forward in the second round. Let's go ahead and play the Raptors. They're a little bit more finesse. You know, we can, we, we can, get, we can win the series, get out of the series without it being a freaking war. You know, I, like I thought that was a smart like play. It. Let's line up the Heat coming up next. You know, we'll play the Heat after that, and we know we can take these cats. You know, I like, I, I like what they did in Brooklyn. That was, that, was, that was chess. That was chess instead of checkers. Checkers would have been, we got to be the five seed. You're going to start on the road anyway. You're playing on the road either way. What's the difference between the five and the six? You know. Like 30, so, 40 grand, cocksucker beat it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Imaginary player if you don't know. Imaginary player if you don't know. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I like what they did. And, again, Joe Johnson, he balled this year, no doubt. He balled. Um, just the night-in, night-out production wasn't 
as high as some of the other guys on my list. That's all. That's all. I, I get it. You love some. You love you some ISO Joe. That's your guy. Get, give That's me, your give me a better two guard. Like two I gave you. I gave you three, man. No, you didn't. I did. You gave me. You gave me James Harden and Demar Derozan. Who was your third? Man, if 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 if, if Masai uh, Ujiri called. Uh, if you they called Brooklyn today and offered a straight me. up DeMar DeRozan for Joe Johnson, Brooklyn would take it. If they all, if if uh, Daryl Morey called up the Houston GM called up to Billy King and said, "I'll give you James Harden for Joe Johnson straight up," Billy King would say yes and hang up the phone. <laughs> Game changer! You <laughs> are nuts. You are nuts. The only reason My third I would do that is because Joe is owed $87 million. <laughs> Joe has the best agent in the game. That has but nothing to do with all the guys in the game. Ability. You will pay him that. If he's the best two guy in the game, you will pay him that easy. The Lakers are paying your number two two guard, Kobe, $24 million next year. And the year after that, and he's 78 years old. That That's an anomaly. Kobe is, is the exception. <laughs> Joe Johnson has the best agent in the world. He's gotten hey, no two hundred no million dollar contracts, <laughs> which is no lie. No lie. I'm gonna have yeah, yeah. My next, my next, uh, next time I buy a car, I'm calling Joe Johnson's agent to come negotiate with me. I'm gonna get this price down. <laughs> let's get this price down. Come on, let's go. So, I, my my third was Clay Thompson. Um, Clay is developing into a real nice two way player. You know that's disrespectful. So, right now, I, I don't even no, want to hear not. your explanation. No, I'm gonna cut you off. No, I'm gonna get in trouble. No, I'm gonna get in trouble tonight. We at the end. <laughs> we at the end. Uh, I feel like I'll get you in trouble. I don't care. Hey, Clay hey, Thompson is not it. better I than D Wade. I ain't going back to edit nothing. <laughs> Clay Thompson is not better than D Wade. I don't care what you say, Mister Game mm. Changer. You know, I kind of omitted D Wade. I kind of omitted D Wade. You can't omit D Wade. The guy shot I did, though, 70, he did. shot 68% from the field on, on the first play, uh, uh, playoff game. This is true. But, he, I mean, he didn't hardly play. This is about the best season right now, this year. He didn't hardly play. He's only set out 27 games. That's the third of the season. <laughs> Just say that again, man. Shooting, Just say it again. Say it out loud again. I want you to say that out loud again. Yes, he set out 27 games. Say that yes, out loud again. Third of the season. He set out 27 games, man. 27 games. And he was better than ever in the games he played in. He was. You can't, he was. You can't play play long ball. For you to do that, I, I, that's I, just For the 2013 season, I have to. I have to. Clay was he there night in and night out. Clay was there night in and night out. D-Way was not there night in and night out. You can't do him like that. You can't do him like that. If you if you're not was gonna not there on a nightly basis. Availability if you're not is gonna get important. guys like Jeff Teague to just do. You can't reward hey, anybody over there. I like Jeff Teague. Was, the point guard position was a ball player. <laughs> Jeff Teague is not giving my top ten when you talk about point guards in the NBA because it's just too deep. Wait till we beat my Indiana. <laughs> I told you he was key. He got twenty eight game one and we hey, won. You were on with that. You were on with that. You were spot on. Spot on. Spot on. They got they were, they don't have a matchup. So let's go point guards real quick. We don't have to do point guards rapid fire and then we got I gotta drop this uh XL Academics last word. Let's do it. So point guards. Give me your top three. Go ahead. I got Steph Curry number one, C P three number 
two, Westbrook number three. I would have had CP3 number one, uh, uh, but last night, uh, not last night, the night before last, Easter Sunday threw me off with his turnover and his missed foul shots. I, I was back and forth between him and Steph. I love Steph. Uh, quickest release in the game, most handles in the game. He's kind of careless with the basketball at times, but I, I love his demeanor and composure. I got Steph number one, CP3 number two, Westbrook number three. He would have been number one had he never got injured. I love Westbrook at the okay. point guard. He's he's my favorite point guard in the league today. He's like AI on steroids. However, because of his injuries and not playing the majority of the games, he's third this year. But Steph one, okay. CP three two, Westbrook three. All right, I got no issues with that. I got no issues with that. That's a solid list. I got CP three one. I got Steph two. My number three, I have Damian Lillard. Jeff T. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> my number four, I got Russell Westbrook again. He's just outside mine because of the games he's missed. Um, availability was important on my list. So um, because again, Russell's a, a super talent. Again, if you if you were, to, I, I got no problem with your perspective on Russ. You know, I'm not gonna call you crazy because Russ is your guy. Um, I, I agree with you. Russ is a super talented dude, and you could argue him as the best point in the league. Um, in a heartbeat. So that does it for this edition of The Real Sports, guys. We're going to leave you with our XL Academics last word. The last word of this week from XL Academics goes out to Major League Baseball players. Could y'all stop being so sensitive? If you don't want people stunting on you when they hit home runs, don't throw bad <laughs> Don't let them hit the home run, all right? Don't get mad after the fact. You know, that's like if you get dunked on and you want to... You wanna, Start a brawl because you got dunked. Don't get dunked on. You know, don't get mad at the guy for celebrating, for being excited because he made a great play. You don't make the dumb play that makes him look good, and you don't have to worry about him celebrating when he looks good. And that's the last word. It's Real Sports Guy signing off. We'll catch you next week. Same time, same place. Tuesday, 8.30, 10 o'clock. Peace. Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 